Hi, my name's Carrie, and I want to tell you a story about my parents who adopted a boy because they dreamed of having a son all their lives. I used to associate myself with meringue, tender and airy and sweet. After all, I lived like a real princess. I had a pink room, a pink bed, and even my laptop was pink with cool rhinestones. Because I was an only child in the family, my parents didn't deny me anything. But then, disaster struck in our family. We went bankrupt. We had to sell the house and my favorite pink room, the car, and even mom's jewelry. We moved into an apartment, which I didn't really like because it was small compared to our house, and it wasn't pink at all. But that's not the worst thing that happened to me. One night, I didn't sleep well, so I decided to eat. When I got to the kitchen, I heard my parents talking. Henry, we tried it, but it didn't work. I think we should resort to our plan B. Mom was saying, You're right, Susie. After all, we've dreamed of having a boy for so many years. All we have to do is get rid of our eternal nuisance. What? They think I'm a nuisance? I didn't want to eat anymore. I still couldn't sleep. Because all night, I've been thinking about it. That my parents were about to throw me out on the street. Then they'll have a son and be happy. And I'd have to pick up apple stumps and fight stray cats and dogs for food. I've even started packing up all the things I needed to survive on the streets. Food, water, my prettiest dress. Why? I always have to look irresistible. And when I was leaving the house with my backpack on my back, my mom stopped me. Did she realize I was leaving and changed her mind about leaving me? Daughter, pick up some more bread at the store. She smiled. Her own daughter is about to go live on the street, and she still asks to buy bread. Mother, how can you do this to me? You always said I was your favorite princess, the tastiest cake. And now you and Daddy want to throw me out on the street. I fell on my knees and started crying loudly. The neighbors looked out of their apartments. Their dogs started howling, and my mother quickly dragged me home. I told her I'd overheard her talking to Daddy. But all I heard in return was laughter. We're not going to get rid of you, honey. We were talking about our old loan. We'll pay it off and adopt a boy. We've really wanted a son for a long time, but we love you very much too. You're going to have a brother. Isn't that great? Especially after what we've been through. No! I screamed. I want to be an only child, period. But of course, no one listened to me. And soon after... We had a new member of the family, Ben. He was only a year younger than me. My parents decided that if they adopted someone my own age, it would make it easier for me to be friends with him. Ben turned out to be a really nice guy, and that made him even more annoying. And because he was from an orphanage, parents decided to buy him a lot of cool stuff. Rollerblades, bicycles, a smartphone. But when I asked them for perfume, my dad said I already had three bottles. It really pissed me off. I'm not used to being denied anything. Mom, Dad, why don't you buy Carrie some perfume and buy me some sneakers later? I'll wear the old ones. I looked down and saw that Ben's sneakers were torn. You're so cute, Benny, Mom said. I almost threw up from the sweetness. Naturally, I didn't turn down the perfume. I'd rather that jerk walk around in his old sneakers and get wet in them. However, the very next day, 
My father bought him three pairs. We'll have to save some money, but that's okay. The important thing is that our son is dressed. And save on what? I asked him unhappily. We'll have to cut your allowance. You're gonna have to cut back on the cafes and movies. That really pissed me off to not have any fun for the sake of Ben. He's not our real family. And I'm the biological daughter. And I'm supposed to be loved more. And then I saw something that brought me to tears. As I was walking home from the store, I saw Dad and Ben playing soccer on the playground. Dad never played with me because he was always at work. And now he's kicking a ball with Ben the jerk. I decided to go over there and I heard, Well done, son. Nice goal. I've been wanting to play soccer with someone for a long time. I like soccer very much. I was the best in the orphanage. How about going fishing this weekend? Sure, Dad. I've been waiting to go fishing for a long time. They hugged, and they didn't even notice me. Of course. Why would my father want me? Since he has the son he's always dreamed of. I didn't feel like a delicious morong anymore. Now, I felt like a worthless toad. I came home with a bad mood. I laid on my bed aimlessly staring at the ceiling till late at night. And as always, at about three o'clock in the morning, I felt the urge to eat. Through the kitchen window, I saw Ben coming back from somewhere. I hid under the table for some reason and waited. Ben walked in, quietly undressed and went to his room. What was he doing outside? And where was he coming back from? In the morning, I got the answer to my question. Mom had money missing from her purse. She thought she probably lost it in line at the store. But I was sure Ben had stolen the money and spent it at night so no one would find out about it. But I decided not to turn him in just yet, just to watch. But Ben didn't do anything illegal and acted like he always did. He even offered to help me bake a cake, but I refused. Get out of here! This is my kitchen, and I'll do the cooking. However, at dinner, after tasting my pie, everyone started to spit it out. Honey, what did you put in it? I had sour cream and bananas. It's impossible to eat, my father added. I tasted the pie, then I spat it out. Did I do something wrong? It tasted like dishwashing liquid, Ben remarked. Honestly, I could have done something wrong because I was so engrossed in my correspondence with my best friend. I must have missed it and accidentally mistaken sore cream for dishwashing liquid. But when I saw Ben's sly face, I immediately screamed. He did it! He ruined my pie! Carrie, come on. Why would Ben do that? Because I wouldn't let him in the kitchen. So what? I'm not offended. I had a good time playing mobile games. He replied, This incident made me act, not just watch. While Ben was in the shower, I snuck into his room. And you know what I found there? A new smartphone. That's why he stole from Mother. But why would Ben need a second smartphone? Parents had already bought him one. But there was no time to think about it. I heard footsteps outside the door. I quickly hid in the closet so Ben wouldn't see me. But like a complete idiot, I sat in the closet for hours. Then I heard Ben come out, and I ran out of his room. A few days later, my parents decided to have a party in honor of their adopted son, and they invited all their family and friends. Everyone was excited about Ben, and I just freaked out, because now all the attention was on him, and not me. I even started juggling, because my family friends loved it when I did it, but this time... 
They didn't even look in my direction because Ben started to sing and he sang unfortunately very well, which really burned me up. That's our son, our pride. We've wanted you for so long, Benny. Mom cried with happiness and I on the sidelines was ready to cry tears of frustration. After the party, Grandma called us and told us she'd lost money. I was sure it was no accident. My hunch was confirmed when my cousin texted me, and she too said she'd lost a couple of bills somewhere. I decided to expose my foster brother, but before I did it, I had to get all the evidence I could to prove he was guilty. The next day, while everyone but me was asleep, Ben packed up and left. I went out a little later and followed him. I know he'd bought a jacket a couple of days ago. Then again, why would he need a jacket? He has a new one. And when the guy got to some abandoned building, to some girl about our age, he's stealing money to buy expensive things for his girlfriend. That smart guy has no conscience at all. I jumped out of hiding and tried to attack Ben, but I overestimated my strength because he quick with twisted me. What are you doing here, Carrie? The guy asked. What about you? Why the hell are you stealing money to buy stuff for this girl? Ben let me go, and then he told me that it was his own sister who was staying at the orphanage. I decided to help her with stuff. Yeah, I was stealing money from her parents and other people to buy a phone from a dealer at night, cheap, and a warm jacket for my sister. It's important for me to stay in touch with her and know that she's okay. You could have told me, but you acted like a rat. I know, Carrie, but please don't tell your parents. They'll probably reject me because of it. But Ben pissed me off so much, I decided to tell them. And to prove it, I played the tape recorder. Ben was present during this conversation, and I could see how nervous he was and shaking with fear. Well, goodbye, Ben. Now I'm going to be an only child again, and I'm going to throw a big party to celebrate. Ben, you should have told us. Dad said sternly, stealing is wrong. I know, Dad. But I was too afraid to tell the truth. I thought you would not give me money. You've already spent enough on me. But you can't do that either. Mom hugged Ben. We'll help your sister as much as we can. But son, there should be no secrets in our family and no cheating. Please forgive me. Ben hugged my parents tightly. And I stood there in shock and couldn't say a word. I was punished for lying every time. And they hugged him. And they felt sorry for him. Don't you love me anymore? I suddenly asked my parents, and then I cried. I told them that lately, I felt lonely and unloved. And I told them that they had always wanted a son, and I couldn't get it out of my head. I don't feel needed. Carrie, come on. You're our favorite brownie. Mom kissed me. After this conversation, Dad took not only Ben fishing, but he took me there as well, and I even liked it. We also all started playing soccer together. I can't say I developed strong feelings for Ben, but I gradually got used to him, and I accepted the idea of not being an only child anymore. Would it hurt you if your parents stopped paying attention to you? The teacher's eye twitched nervously when he looked at me. I stood in front of him, nervously rubbing my notebook. The girls were whispering and laughing but the boys were ready to eat me up with their amorous stares. Katie, I have never seen a student like you. The teacher's voice quivered. Either you answer my question or you go straight to the principal. I squealed like a mouse, 
The boys were all gasping with emotion, and there was hysterical laughter among the girls. It was the toughest test I'd ever had. Hi, my name is Katie, and I'm actually a genius, but I have to pretend to be stupid to get guys to like me. Before this school year, I went to another school, and I had my picture up on all the honor boards. I could compete with a lot of the teachers in terms of knowledge, and our physicist even quit after arguing with me and through a real tantrum on the principal. After fifth grade, I stopped doing homework altogether because I was so good at it, and I had a place at Yale already secured. But my life wasn't like a fairy tale. I guess it's no secret that guys don't like girls who are too smart. I have a beautiful appearance, but my intelligence scared away all the admirers. When I was on another date, I'd get a little carried away and I'd start discussing the stages of evolution, the boundaries of the universe, or the splitting of atoms. The guys would just blow right off, and they wouldn't even talk to me at school. But I wanted love so bad, more than anything. So, when I got transferred to a new, better school in the state, I decided to change my life. Why do I need brains that outshine my beauty? I want a boyfriend, I want dates and attention. So, I decided to play dumb and according to my calculations, it was going to help me. The first day, I went to school as a living doll. The guys were drooling, but the girls were a little wary. I'm a quick thinker, so I went straight to the breach. Walking down the corridor, I supposedly tripped next to a handsome man, and he just happened to catch me. Baby, are you okay? He played with his eyebrows. Wow, you're strong. I squeezed his biceps. Are they made of steel? I just work out a lot. He answered proudly. And I drink protein. Do you drink them right? How much protein do you consume? What's your protein base? And is it certified? The guy's look immediately changed. He was batting his eyes stupidly. And I think he froze. I'm getting carried away again. What the hell was that curse? Okay, that was a slip. But I almost made it. I decided to change tactics and try my luck with a smarter guy. After picking the best-looking one in biology class, I paired up with him. Everything was going great. I was dumb as hell, and he felt like a real hero. He even put his palm on mine. It took my breath away. But what is he doing? This isn't right at all. I took the guy's microscope away. Are you an idiot? It's so clear. What the hell did you write? Katie, I... The poor guy started stuttering, and I started to rewrite the whole thing in a frenzy. And by the time I realized what I'd done, the guy had already run away. And from that moment on, he was on his way to avoid me. What a genius idiot I am. Even zombie wouldn't eat my brain. I'm too smart. But I invented a new tactic, and I joined the company of beautiful fools. Around them, the guys walked like a herd of buffalo at the watering hole. I couldn't understand how it was possible. Even cats are smarter than these girls. Even my microwave knows more tasks than they do. The only thing that saved me was that I am a fast learner and could adapt to their strange behavior. Pretty soon, I could pretend to be so stupid that my brain was catching critical errors. And it worked. I was hit on by a real hottie. Pete and I went on a date, and this strong man was literally carrying me in his arms. 
I had never heard so many compliments about myself before. One day, he took me to the gym to show how strong he was. Wow, what a barbell. I went over to the dumbbells and looked at them stupidly. It's dumbbells, he proudly announced and hugged me. You don't know anything about it, do you, cat? No, will you show me? Sure, baby. That's a kettlebell. He held up a huge kettlebell, and I was fascinated by his muscles. And this is where I set my record. No one can beat me. Pete went over to the weight machine, set his maximum weight, and pushed the lever as hard as he could. I'm super powered, you know? I'm like Superman. And then I started shaking with anger. My brain was screaming, and it became hysterical. Even my eyes went black. Superman, that's just leverage. I went over to the simulator. I made the lever longer, and I adjusted it. And then I put my little weight on it and did the same thing Pete did. It's basic physics. What is wrong with you, Pete? How can you be so stupid? There was laughter from all sides of the guys. Pete's lip trembled, and he ran away. And I slapped my forehead with my palm. I'd ruined it again. I was already desperate, thinking it was all useless. Plus, my studies made my teachers furious. I came in here with the best performance, but in reality, I couldn't solve an elementary example because of my disguise. My parents were hysterical, and I made up stupid excuses. I was getting ready to get smart, but then I met Caleb, a musician from the parallel class with an angelic voice. He was incredibly handsome and cool, though he was on the verge of dropping out. I don't need to study. I'm a musician. He was saying, but Caleb was so charming that I fell in love. He wooed me beautifully, composed songs, and gave me the most unforgettable dates. You're so good to me, Cat. You're so simple, not like those nerds. I hate nerds, I murmured, melting in his arms. I was finally done messing things up. My brain was just shutting down from love. But at the end of the semester, the midterm test began, which brought me back from the dream world. Caleb was so bad at studying that he wasn't even bothered. He'd be expelled for sure, and so would I. The teachers wanted to get rid of me on principle and wrote angry messages to my previous principal. Yeah, I really screwed him over. He vouched for me. So, in another algebra class, I got axed with an elementary question. Caleb was staring at me with love, and the teacher was freaking out. Boyfriend or career? A choice that seemed impossible to me. That's where I started my story. Sit down, cat, the teacher said nervously. You can go right after class and sign the expulsion papers. No! I came up to the blackboard. Give me your tasks, all of them. And I solved them all by writing all over the blackboard and even the wall. The kids looked at me with their mouths open, and it was like the teacher saw a ghost. Lesson after lesson, I amazed everyone. I pulled all my grades in just a few days, and the teachers, even the principal, saw me as a real treasure. But Caleb wasn't thrilled. So you're a nerd, he said disappointedly. Yes, but we're good together. You lied to me. You're a crammer, cat. I don't mess with nerds. You're a fool. I got angry. You'll get expelled. You won't even be able to play music. 
all the rock stars were nerds. He retorted, when? The 80s? Ow, this is the 21st century. Give me a break, cat. You have homework to do. He laughed, and I was filled with anger. How could he treat life like that? He'll ruin himself and be nothing. I stormed into his rehearsal room, blazing with anger. Come here, I said sternly and dragged the boy by the hand. What, are you out of your mind? Just drop your guitar already. I was as unstoppable as a snow avalanche. When I took Caleb back to my house, I locked the room where my books were already prepared. Cat, are you out of your mind? Sit down and listen. I sat down next to him, textbook in hand. Get away from me, why are you doing this? Because I love you, you fool. I won't let you get kicked out of school, understand? I'm not gonna read any stupid textbooks. You won't, just listen. You're a musician and you're better at hearing information. That's why it's hard for you to memorize lyrics. I made Caleb listen to himself. We took breaks for tea and conversation, and then I'd go back to hammering it into him. The kid didn't like it, but I managed to teach him for days at a time. Cat, that's it, that's it, I don't like it. Okay, I crossed my arms around my chest, my anger overwhelming. School's not my thing, Cat. Yeah. You're better off living with your parents until you're old. Work at the diner, play guitar in your spare time. Maybe even play at a cafe or two. Good luck, Caleb. When he left, I cried. I'd fallen in love for the first time, kissed for the first time, and he ruined everything. When he gets expelled, we'll never see each other again. He doesn't want someone like me. And I guess it wasn't love for him. For a week straight, all I listened to was the song that Caleb had dedicated to me. And then, in a heartbreak, I deleted it. I made my choice. But as soon as I did, I heard the same song from across the street. Caleb? I almost fell out the window. I'm sorry, Cat. I'm an idiot. Caleb put the guitar down. And then, he showed me his textbooks. I don't want to drop out of school, because that's where I see you. I love you, Cat. Will you help me pass my exams? I was so happy. I was ready to fly. In the evenings, I taught Caleb on my own. And at night, I recorded audio lessons for him. When he couldn't come to class, he'd listen to my voice on his headphones and learn. Even when he was driving his car around town, I could hear my voice through the speakers. It was exam day, and I couldn't help myself. I gave my boyfriend a big kiss. You can do this, Caleb. Just know that I love you. While we waited for the test results, Caleb wasn't himself. The teachers and principal just chuckled indulgently, and they were surprised he was still in school. Even his friends were convinced that he was going to get kicked out of school. But worst of all, Caleb himself was sure of it. Classes with you were the best time of my life, he said. Caleb looked at me sadly. Thank you, Cat. I won't forget that. I burst into tears, thinking this was the end of our relationship. The next morning, after a sleepless night, I heard screams under the window. It was Caleb, and he looked like a happy puppy, not a badass rocker. I passed the test, Cat. I'm staying in school. We can keep our hands off each other for days with joy. Finally, my intelligence was able to help me get on with my personal life, and also help the person I love. Even now, Caleb often listens to my records and learns new things. But 
He doesn't forget about music either. Guys, if you think being smart is a curse, give it up. Intelligence can give you so much more than popularity in school. Don't sacrifice your future for supposed fame. Are there any of you who suffer because of your intelligence? Share your stories in the comments. Like and share this video with your friends. Also, be sure to subscribe to our channel and click the bell. Hi everyone, my name is Caroline, and I was homeless until the moment when billionaires took me to live in their luxurious mansion. Wondering how that happened? Stay tuned! One cold fall evening, I was trying to find money for food. Well, or just food, I didn't care. Ask me how it happened that I became homeless? Well, my parents died a couple of years ago, and I couldn't live in an orphanage because the local kids abused me. At one point, I ran away, figuring the streets would be easier for me. That night, I couldn't find a cent on the street and had already resigned myself to starving. Suddenly, I saw a well-dressed woman on her way to the supermarket. I immediately ran up to her and tried to steal her purse. Believe me, it wasn't my first robbery. The street dictates its own rules. However, at that very minute, some guy was right next to us. He pushed me away. Get lost, tramp, or you'll be in trouble. He threatened me with his fist. I didn't want to confront him and ran away. Well, now I had no food and money. But the next day, I had a surprise. The woman I was trying to steal from found me outside the supermarket, handed me a full bag of food and a warm jacket. Thank you, but why? You're too good to me. I tried to rob you. I had tears of gratitude in my eyes. I know you had to do it because of the way you live. She smiled. What's your name? Caroline. And why are you on the streets at such a young age? I told her the story of my life. The woman wept and promised to help me. I expected her to give me some more warm clothes and a sleeping bag and lots of food. But what happened next didn't just shock me. It killed me. In a good way, don't worry. A woman arrived in a luxury car with her husband. At this time, I was eating a baguette, trying to stretch it out into the evening. Well, that's it, Caroline. You're coming to live with us now, said my savior and smiled. Wh what? I was so shocked. I choked on a piece of baguette. A girl like you shouldn't be living on the streets. We want to adopt you. Is that what you want too? She asked. Of course I said yes. And who wouldn't refuse in my place? On the way, I was modestly silent and terribly worried. And when we arrived, I was speechless. Now I'm going to live in a luxurious mansion, like a real castle. I was incredibly happy until I saw the guy defending my new mom. Oh, I forgot all about him. I bet he wouldn't be happy to have me in his house. Who the hell is she? He frowned at me as we got out of the car. Nick, this is your new sister, Caroline. We've decided to adopt her. Are you out of your mind? She's the tramp who tried to rob you, Mom. Nick, I get it, but it's my decision and your father's. We always wanted a second child, but you know yourself that we can't have any more. So get a normal kid from an orphanage. Nick, Caroline lives here now. Accept it said the father sternly. Nick immediately calmed down. His father seemed to be an authority he didn't risk arguing with. The boy muttered something to himself and went into the house, slamming the door loudly. Mr. and Mrs. Gilbert showed me my room, which I was absolutely delighted with. 
a huge bed, my own walk-in closet, lots of new and beautiful things, and a private bathroom. It's like heaven. I couldn't even dream of that. I immediately fell on my bed and cried with happiness. Now I had a home and a family. I'm not alone. But I was having trouble with Nick. I tried to get through to him, but the guy was stubbornly ignoring me. But what pissed Nick off the most was that his best friend had found common ground with me. Brian was a nice young man. He treated me like a regular girl, even though he knew I was from the streets. He helped me study. When my parents hired teachers to homeschool me, he talked to me and even taught me how to play PlayStation. And then one day, I overheard an unpleasant conversation. How can you socialize with that tramp? Nick asked angrily. She's normal. It's your sister. She's not my sister. She's the trash of society. I felt so hurt by those words. I couldn't hold back my tears. I went down to the living room and stared at a picture on the wall for a long time. I really liked the painting. I couldn't help myself, so I went and touched it. If you touch it again, you're out of the house. Nick threatened me when he came in. What? If I find you stole something or invited your tramp friends over, I'm not gonna be nice to you. I'll throw you all out. I don't wanna steal anything. For the first time, I decided to stand up for myself. I'm not what you think I am. And you'd know that if you weren't such a jerk. We would have kept fighting, but my parents came back. They gave me an expensive phone with a bunch of diamonds on it. Nick just snorted and went back to his room. And I was as happy as a baby. The next day, I decided to take a little walk. It was a beautiful day. I was listening to music on my phone when suddenly I was stopped by some vagrants with whom I used to feud. The thing is, I've always been on my own and a lot of people didn't like it. Seeing me in my new clothes and with a cool new phone like this, the tramps just jumped on me without a word, stealing all my money, phone, and even my new jacket. They did me bad and I sat down on the pavement and cried. How bad I felt. But then help came from somewhere I didn't expect. Nick was there. He helped me up and asked me what happened to me. When he heard about the tramps, he called his friends to deal with my abusers. Honestly, my heart almost stopped when Nick and his friends fought the vagrants. The guys took my stuff back and we ran from the cops, laughing for some reason. Nick, thank you so much. I hugged him. You're the best brother ever. The guy blushed and didn't say anything back, but I wasn't offended because his actions were more eloquent than words. When we got home, mom was shocked to see a battered Nick. He brushed it off and said it was okay. My father, on the other hand, was not happy about it. The thing is, my adoptive parents are billionaires and reputation is very important to them. They were afraid of any scandal so they raised Nick in a strict manner to keep him out of trouble. Nick got very angry when his father told him off, so I decided to console my brother. As it turned out, it pissed Nick off that he lived in a rich family in the first place. You see, money is a weapon to reach some goals, but it's not about happiness. My dad wants me to carry on his business, and I want to be a doctor, and we fight about it all the time. I even felt sorry for Nick even though I didn't understand him. He had everything since he was a kid, but he doesn't appreciate it because it's not money that matters to him. It's the dream. If he lived in the street, he'd start appreciating everything he has. But then I realized what Nick meant. 
My father had arranged a business meeting at home with his partners, ordering Nick to attend. I could see that Nick wasn't interested at all. He even got hung up on the phone a few times, for which he received a stern reprimand from father. My father, very cleverly, without descending to insults, humiliated Nick. I felt really bad for my brother. So, I stood up for him. Dad smiled at me and said that I didn't understand anything and that he knew better how to make his son happy and more importantly, rich. Nick was touched that I stood up for him and for the first time, he called me sister and hugged me. Thank you. No one ever stood up for me, he said. I believe in you, Nick. Don't give up. Follow your dreams to the end. But I didn't think my words would have that effect on him. The thing is, that night, Nick ran away from home. He left a note in the living room, saying he'd rather be lonely and poor, but happy and free. My parents immediately pulled all the strings to find my brother, and my heart froze with fear. What if something happened to him? Then it would be all my fault. I was the one who encouraged him to follow his dream. Idiot! My parents couldn't sit still, so they went looking for Nick too. It didn't take us long to find my brother. He was surrounded by a gang of vagrants who wanted to get back at Nick for the last incident. They wanted to attack him in a group. We jumped out of the car right away, scared off all the vagrants and took Nick away. Son, that's not manly. You ran away like a coward. I ran away because I'm sick of you. I don't want to go into business. My goal is to help people and heal them. This argument went on all the way. At one point, dad got so nervous, he lost control of the car. We hit a pole. Nick hit his head hard on the dashboard. My mom and I got scared. Dad seemed fine. My brother lost consciousness and mom immediately dialed 911. What kind of misfortune is following us? Luckily, Nick wasn't seriously injured, but we were so scared for him. We cried in the room while they bandaged his head. I'm fine, don't worry. He smiled at us. It must have had some effect on my father and he mellowed. Nick, after all, was allowed to study to be a doctor. He was no longer bogged down with business meetings, which my brother hated so much. But there was another problem. You haven't forgotten about Nick's best friend, Brian, have you? Well, he confessed his feelings to me. I was speechless. I didn't see Brian as a boyfriend. He was a friend to me. Nick, on the other hand, was very concerned. He was against us dating. But why? Brian asked. She's my sister and you're my best friend. This is a bad idea. It wasn't so long ago that you didn't think of her as your sister. A lot has changed, Brian. I'm against it. I don't want her to be in a relationship right now and then suffer through a breakup or a fight. Caroline needs to study. Brian didn't like that. Then I had to get into a dialogue and explain to the guy that I wasn't interested in relationships yet. Brian got upset but didn't insist on anything. Eventually, I got used to the luxurious life and Nick became not just my brother, but my best friend with whom I could talk to about anything. I'm glad this family came into my life. It's because of them that everything has changed for the better. Would you like to live in a billionaire family? Write your answers in the comments. I'd be interested to read them. Also, don't forget to share the video with your friends. Bye! Hi everyone, my name is Sue and animals like me very much because I understand their language. In fact, this is not an innate gift. Soon you will know where I learned it.
When I was about seven, I realized that I could understand animals and vice versa. My parents and I were visiting friends of our family. They lived in a huge farmhouse. Of course, I could not resist the rabbits, horses, and the baby chicks, so I hung out with them almost all day. Once, I realized that a watchdog named Wind had been having a headache for a pretty long time already, and he asked me to take him to the vet. How could I understand that? I have no idea. Telepathically, I guess? I could have taken it for childish fantasy and simply ignored the dog's complaints, but I decided to tell the adults about the dog's problem. My parents gave me a very strange look and felt awkward. It didn't seem funny for their friends, though. They started asking me for how long he'd been suffering from pain and why he hadn't told them about it before. And how was this dog supposed to tell them about it? But that was not the point. It turned out that about a month ago, the owners noticed something strange in Wynn's behavior. This kind and even-tempered dog turned into an aggressive badass. Moreover, he behaved like that not only with the other animals, but also with the owners who attributed everything to the poor fellow's age. That night, they took Wynn to the vet, who delivered the verdict. The dog was healthy. He was very surprised when the owner insisted on examining the dog's head. As a result, Wind was diagnosed with a very serious and unpleasant disease, but it was successfully cured. He keeps guarding the farm and is very thankful for my help. By the way, the horses on that farm asked to tell the owner that they did not like the new feed, and they asked for the old one back. I was a complete stranger to them, and I had no idea what they were being fed with, and I never wanted to know that. However, I was right even about that. The new feed appeared in the stable less than a week ago, and the horses could barely eat it. After that, I decided to contact the animals more often in order to find out if I could understand them for real, and what such communication could really bring. But my decision was not that important because cats, dogs, and even birds came to me on their own will and shared their problems and thoughts. One day, a cat named Martin came up to me on the street. He went out for a walk. He told me to change my route because there was something scary going on in front of the bank. He told me there were a lot of police. Some women were shouting and children were crying. I didn't want to ruin my plans because of the cat. I was in a huge hurry for my friend's birthday party, so I just kept walking. Martin trailed behind me, grumbling that women were very stubborn and that our logic was twisted. He asked me to change my mind and go back, and I asked him to back off and do his own thing. When I finally got to the bank, I heard shots and saw that the street was surrounded by police. I actually heard women and children crying. I whipped around, grabbed Martin, and ran away. We sat in the nearest alley, and I decided to ask him how we communicated. Could he explain it to me? He said that this was his first time, too. Normally, people could not understand him at all. Martin and I became friends after that. When he went for a walk, he dropped in and called on me. We could wander about the streets and talk about life for hours. We often met other cats who were very surprised that I could understand the cat language. By the way, cats have their own mindset and they are all very different, just like people. They can be open and kind, but they can also be feisty and aggressive. 
I don't know how, but soon the journalists found out about me and decided to interview me. They asked if I knew where I got this ability from and when I found out about it. I replied that I did not know, but most likely it was just my feature. I couldn't wait for my interview to come. I wanted to see myself on TV and record the broadcast to remember it. I also told all my friends and acquaintances on which channel and what time the program would be, so I was not the only one who couldn't wait for it. And there it was, the long-awaited broadcast, which immediately surprised me with its name. The topic of the show was Experience Stress Revealed Her Incredible Ability. Hmm, that's strange. What stress were they talking about? I didn't remember telling them anything like that. In fact, I never complained about my life because I thought that I was very lucky with my parents. I thought maybe there was going to be an additional story in the show. When the show started, I was shocked right away because there was a photo of a little girl in a doghouse in the opening. Have they really decided to make me a laughingstock by comparing me to a dog? I thought and started to worry about how that would make me look to my friends. However, the reality was much worse. At the very beginning of the show, the TV host started to tell a story about little Sue who had experienced great stress. She was three when tragedy struck, her father was killed in a shootout, and her mother took her little daughter to a village where they started to live in a small private house. Nobody knew what happened to her mother when she disappeared, but one day Sue was found in a doghouse together with a stray dog and her puppies. The girl turned into Mowgli, and she was likely to have spent a pretty long time with the animals. She used to eat with them from the bowl that the stray dog brought and used to sleep together with them on the ground. When people found her, she was scared. She did not speak at all, and she was very dirty. However, she got along well with dogs. Have you already guessed that it's about me? I did not believe it at first. I was hoping it was not me, but some other girl. But yes, it was about me. And then a reporter said that soon after I had been sent to the orphanage, people came to adopt me. Those were my current parents. They taught me to eat using silverware, talk, and sleep on the bed. I managed to catch up with the children of my age in terms of developmental level. I learned how to use modern conveniences, but I kept feeling comfortable with animals. It turned out that I had always been like this. And even when I realized that I could understand animals and vice versa, my parents were not surprised at all because I had been raised by animals for some time. They always knew about that, but they did not tell me anything about it, just as they hid my origin from me. I never thought that I was adopted. That was a real shock for me. After the show, my phone was ringing off the hook. I got a pile of messages from my friends and classmates asking me what it all meant. They even felt sorry for me. At that time, I was not ready to answer any questions and simply turned off my phone. But I had a lot of questions for my parents. They also saw the show, but at that time they were at work, so they came home with a prepared speech. They confirmed the words of the reporter that I was just like Mowgli. They admitted that I was adopted and that I used to live with dogs. And they said that they had no idea that the journalists would do such a deep dive. They were hoping to keep the secret of my origin at least until the legal age. And then my mom and dad asked me to forgive them. To be honest, I didn't understand why I should forgive them. 
I wasn't angry at them. I just wanted to know the details of my early childhood and about my life before I became part of this family. And of course, I was dying to know where my mother was. My parents agreed to help me find her, but unfortunately, that turned out to be impossible. She was still listed as missing. We found out only that she used to work as a dog handler until my father died. It meant that I got that love for animals not only because I was close to them, but also genetically from my biological mother. By the way, after the show, people started asking me to talk to their pets and help understand them. It began to bring me some money. Sometime after the show, a lot of people simply turned away from me, but some kept supporting me, and I needed time to digest the information received and make it clear in my head. The news was very sudden and unexpected. However, I've recently realized that I cannot change the past, and it's good that I don't remember anything from my early childhood. But if I have a unique opportunity to understand animals, I must use it. Maybe this is my chance to become famous and to make my contribution to science. Would you like to understand the language of animals? And if you had such an ability, how would you use it? Share your answers in the comments. Also, like this video and subscribe to our channel.